Welcome to the Vanguard Church Podcast. You're about to hear a sermon from Vanguard Church Central in the heart of Colorado Springs. With every message, it's our prayer that you hear and learn how to live out your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. May your faith be strengthened, your hope increased, and your heart inspired to live for Jesus no matter the cost. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening. How many of us like to receive gifts? Can I see your hand? All right. So today I'm going to talk to you about receiving the greatest Christmas gift you can ever receive. See, last Christmas you gave somebody your heart, but the very next day they gave it away. Amen? But who I'm going to talk to you about today, if you'll give him your heart, he will never give it away. He will never fail you like I will. He will never shortchange you. He will never walk away from you. He will never forsake you. He will never leave you alone, even when you feel alone. We know that at Christmas time, it is the grandest time of year. Either you're really excited or you're really sad, or maybe you're both all at the same time. And we want to encourage you here at Vanguard that we believe that if there's anything you experience today that you like, well, that's Jesus. If there's anything you experience that you don't like, well, that's me, that's us. Jesus Christ came to give us the greatest gift we could ever hope for at this time of year. Now, you may not be aware of the history of gift giving, and I want to invite you today to take your program, uh, your Bible or your internet device, and you're going to see in your program and your internet device, you're going to see a little bit of history, and we're going to go back to last week a little bit and capture some of that tradition. Toward the 18th century, the end of it, the practice of giving gifts to family members became well-established. Theologically, the feast day reminded Christians of God's gift of Jesus to humankind. Even as the coming of the wise men to Bethlehem suggested, Christmas was somehow related to giving gifts. Well, the practice of giving gifts, which goes back to the 15th century, contributed to the view that Christmas was a secular holiday focused on family and friends. The tradition of celebrating Christmas as a secular family holiday is splendidly illustrated by a number of English Christmas carols such as, Here We Come A-Wassling, right? One of your favorites. Or Deck the Halls, one of my favorites. It can also be seen in the practice of sending Christmas cards, which began in England in the 19th century. Austria and Germany were the first countries to make the connection between the Christian festival and the family holiday by identifying the Christ child as the giver of gifts to the family. Well, see, Vanguard loves traditions. Somebody said to me, are you sure you want those students doing that before you get up to preach? Most certainly. We don't need to stop having fun, 
because Christmas is the re- Christ is the reason for the season. And it's okay to enjoy your traditions. Have fun with them today. Have fun with them tomorrow. But if you lose sight of the person of Christmas, you will lose sight of the purpose of Christmas. And your traditions will be meaningless without Jesus. And we want you to know that we believe in giving gifts at Vanguard. You say, how come? Because Jesus is the great gift giver. And did you know that you gave this community 122 Christmas gifts so that families have something under their Christmas tree? Can we give Vanguard a hand on that? I was sitting in the multi-purpose room this week and a mom walked in and Miss Amber, who is our executive administrator, she brought her into this cart uh, that was full of gifts. And the mom said this, and I quote, whoa, that's a lot of gifts. Seeing that smile, seeing that smile, I want you to understand that as the world gets darker, your light gets brighter. Don't give in, don't give up. Don't give out. Keep showing up and God will show out through you. Amen? Amen. Giving gifts reminds us of Jesus. It reminds us of the familiar story of the origin of Christmas. And we want to go back to the origin of that story. Which, by the way, I don't know if you know this or not, but the prophets began to prophesy. 2,623 years ago. And they began to declare that there was a Savior, a Messiah that was coming. Listen to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. And those who dwelt in land of deep darkness, we can relate, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the Christmas gifts. For the yoke of his burden, Jesus, and the staff on his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in battle, tumult, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government, the government, the government, the government, the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his, somebody say it, government. And of peace there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal 
of the Lord of hosts will do this. Will do this. Guess what? The Lord did it. And the Lord is doing it. He is working in people's lives. The centerpiece of Christmas is the prophecies fulfilled through Jesus in Isaiah 9. This was written 600 years before Jesus' birth. Think about that. 600 years. What Isaiah said was miraculously fulfilled. And here it is. Look at Luke chapter 2, verse 1. In those days. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius, governor of Syria, all went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes. What is that? Death clothes, the prophecy, the foreshadowing. And she laid him in a manger, not a manager, but a manger, a cow trough. I said to my wife this morning when we backed out of the garage, can you imagine giving birth in this weather? In a barn. Think of the injustice of that. Do you know what's amazing about God? God doesn't complain about the injustice of how the world treats him. He runs toward it. He runs toward it. And whatever in your life feels unjust to you, and I have a sneaky suspicion if you've lived long enough, you might have a list. You may have checked it twice. And you know who was naughty or nice, right? To you, right? And what's beautiful about Jesus and what's beautiful about the story of Joseph and Mary is that they ran toward the injustice of the story of their lives. And what if you run toward the injustice of the story of your life? Maybe God will do something miraculous through your story as well. Amen? Amen. She gave birth. Put him in a cow trough because there was no place for them in the end. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear, great awe. The angel said to them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. 
For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a feed trough. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that prophecy being given to you and you go, Someone says, where are you going? Oh, I'm just going to go find a baby that's lying in a feed trough. That's going to be the savior of the world. People might look at you a little odd. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from him, them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They went with haste. I love that. They found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Verse 19 is our focus today. But Mary, she treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. My son-in-law speaking at Vanguard Tri-Lakes today, his wife, our oldest daughter, Anastasia, whom Tasha was pregnant with when we started this church, is now carrying our grandbaby and is due in just a few weeks. I can't help but my heart be full at this moment as I treasure up those thoughts in my heart. And I realize that every person has injustices about the story of their life. And I realize that as you come here today, I want you to think about Mary for a moment. God asked her to fulfill an impossible task. He asked her to not risk her reputation, but to give it up. He asked her to be seen as scandalous. He asked her to let go of what others might think of her. And he asked her to do what he called her to do. Did she feel worthy? No, no, no. The calling that God places on your life will not be because you're worthy. It will not be because of your actions. It will be because of his attributes. And he wants to bestow upon you a light and a glory that you cannot produce in and of yourself. And Mary treasured this gift in her heart. So how about you? Have you ever treasured the gift of Jesus in your heart? The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. See, the gifts that you're going to unwrap this Christmas, they're going to be great. You say, how do you know? Because I got, 
little inside. But the emotion will fade. But the gift of Jesus will never fade. The gift that we would like to offer you today is the gift of the Christ in Christmas. And the reason why we do everything that we do here at Vanguard year-round is to come to moments like this to where we can say to individuals, we want you to know that the most wonderful gift you can ever experience in your life is Jesus. Have you ever experienced the gift of the Christ in Christmas? In your program, you will see the Christmas prayer to receive the Christ in Christmas. And I want you to take a look at this. I'm going to read it to us, and then I'm going to invite us all today to say this together. And maybe for the first time in some of our lives, we'll say this for the first time. I want you to know that every human being has a soul. And inside your body is a soul, a spirit, that is going to live forever somewhere. And we want you to live forever with Jesus. Eternal hope, eternal peace, eternal joy, and eternal love. Everything that you want to be true of your life can be true in eternity with Jesus. Listen to these words. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to earth as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Thank you for living your life here and giving your life for me on the cross. Thank you for living a sinless life and being the gift sacrifice for my sins so that I don't have to die and live separated from God forever. Thank you for being the ultimate gift giver and giving me the greatest gift ever, the gift of eternal life through your sacrifice on the cross. I want to receive the greatest gift of Christmas, the Christ in Christmas, Jesus. I put my trust in you as my Savior and as my Lord. I believe in you as my only way to eternal life. Amen. So I want to invite you to join me, and we want to say this together. And as we say it together, I realize, like me, for some of us, we've already done this. But this is the most important part of your Christmas. Anything beyond this will just be gravy. And I want to encourage you to enjoy those traditions as we will as well. But I want to invite you to say this with me. You ready? All right, here we go. Dear Jesus, thank you for coming to earth 
as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Thank you for living your life here and giving your life for me on the cross. Thank you for living a sinless life and being the gift sacrifice for my sins so that I don't have to die and live separated from God forever. Thank you for being the ultimate gift giver and giving me the greatest gift ever, the gift of eternal life through your sacrifice on the cross. I want to receive the greatest gift of Christmas, the Christ in Christmas, Jesus. I put my trust in you as my Savior and as my Lord. I believe in you as my only way to eternal life. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Vanguard Central Podcast. We encourage you to go out and live your faith in real relationship with Jesus and with others. God bless you, friend. See you next time.